bringing it home with Sarah and Tanil. Sarah, October is halfway done. We're moving on through. We are. It's my favorite month, so I'm trying to soak it up. I know. You <laughs> love this time of year. I you do. love this time of year. Now, we're going to talk about something we have never talked about right. in our three years now <laughs> of this podcast. Yes, and it's nothing for anyone to be scared of and turn us off about. Right no, now. no, no, it's good stuff. No, We're just in yeah. new territory here. Uh, um, October is Adopt a Shelter Dog Month. Now, are you a dog mom? Yes, I have two dogs. You never talk about your dogs. Well, I like them, but other people in my house love them. Oh, so. got you. Okay, <laughs> I understand. Yes. So, I'm not a dog mom, auntie, nothing. Yeah. But this is an important topic because we have a lot of pet parents and just potential That's right. people that are thinking about maybe adding a pet to the family. And so, Adopt a Shelter Dog Month is a good time to talk about that. The ASPCA sponsors and promotes this every October in an effort to kind of help move all of these animals that are in shelters into their forever homes. Now, I have had a lot of friends that adopted shelter dogs and they love them. Yes, so. yes. And there mm -hmm. are an estimated three to four million animals yeah. in shelters. That's so this so is an important topic right now. And so we're bringing in a friend. We called on a resource who, who works with shelter dogs all the every time. Day. We've got Whitney Owen on the line. And Whitney She's the Director of Animal Services for the City of Jackson, Tennessee. So, Whitney, welcome. Thanks, guys. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Oh, tolerably well. We're making well, it one day at a time. I tell you what, I'm just going to start with the top question. Why should we consider adopting a dog instead of trying to purchase a new dog. Now, new dog sounds weird. It's like new dog, used dog. No, I don't, yeah. I don't know the we terminology. Know yes. Why should we adopt a dog? Well, <laughs> well, it's funny that you say new dog versus used dog because we joke all the time that the ones we have are are uh, previously owned, kind of like a car lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they're they're just now getting broke in, so they're oh, okay. yeah. Yeah. marketable. Mm -hmm. So, what are some reasons that we should consider coming to your shelter instead of going to a dog breeder? Um, there's several different approaches to that. Um, I personally do not have a problem with quality breeders that are improving their breed and breeding for a purpose. And there's some people that need a specific breed to do a job. Okay. They need a livestock guardian. They need a working dog of some sort. Uh, and in most of those situations, you almost always have to go to a breeder. Uh-huh. But... Nationwide, 25% of the dogs that are in shelters are purebred um, and varying ages. We've had purebred puppies as, long, as young as 10 or 12 weeks here just in the last couple of months. Oh, um, so okay. there's a lot of misconception about that where you think that if you're coming to a shelter, you're, you have to adopt a mixed breed mutt, and that's just not true. Um, and in addition to that, the pet overpopulation problem in America is definitely a problem. Yes, <laughs> there are yeah. currently way more dogs than we have uh, available homes for, which is why our shelters and rescues work so hard to market them and find homes for them. Um, but some of the pros of coming to a shelter are you have a team of experts in generally that have worked with this dog for anywhere from a few days to a few weeks and have a grasp of its personality, its likes, its don't likes, 
um, some issues that may need to be worked on. So you have a little better grasp of the personality of the dog instead of flying blind with a brand new puppy and hoping it grows up into what you want it to be. Hmm. Yeah, um, that's a great point. You, yeah, and you and you get to if you adopt an, a little bit older dog, it's you know six months to a year or even older, you get to skip that puppy stage where they can't hold their bladder and they make a mess <laughs> everywhere and they have to go out yes. twice a night while you're asleep hmm. um, because. Medically speaking, uh, a dog can hold its bladder for one hour for every month old it is. So if you adopt a eight-week-old puppy, you're looking at two-hour maximum between potty breaks. Oh. And that applies like a newborn baby all yeah. through the night and everything. <laughs> Whereas if you adopt a little bit older dog, they're a little more key on housebreaking. It's a little easier to train them. You don't have a lot of the annoyances that come with a very young puppy. Um so it's just it's a little easier for some people depending on their lifestyle and what they're wanting to do as far as like the amount of energy they want to invest in the process. I think she's pretty much sold me on used versus new. <laughs> I wish you could see Tanil's face as you're talking. I'm thinking, hmm. yeah, this may not be out of the realm yeah. of possibility. Yes. Well, so, that's the goal. I want to make people think. That's yes. right. So if we were to come to your shelter or a shelter in our community, what kind of costs and fees are we looking at typically? Well, that varies and can vary pretty widely depending on which area you're in. Um, in West Tennessee, you're looking at $150 and under. And a lot of your shelters and private rescues, because private rescue is massive in our part of the country and especially our part of the state, uh, most of the dogs that you're going to adopt have already had all of their immediately needed medical care done. Okay. Um, they are current on age-appropriate vaccinations. They have been spayed or neutered already. They've been tested for heartworms. Most of them have already been treated for any issues that they had when they came into the rescue or the facility. Um, and so, like, if you adopt from us, our dog adoption fee is $120. And with that adoption fee, you're getting anywhere between $250 and $1,000 worth of medical care oh, included wow. in the adoption fee, depending on what shape the dog was in when it came in to us. Um, oh. And oh. your private rescues are the same way. A, a little, little lower fee if you're adopting from a rural shelter or a county or city-run facility that doesn't require medical care. Um, I know a lot of the rural areas around here don't have the manpower or the budget to provide the medical care in advance, and so their adoption fee is going to be lower, and that usually runs between fifty and seventy-five dollars. Well, none of that is unreasonable. No, price-wise, not at all. <laughs> and, and you know, I, I questioned came to my mind, but I started thinking, you know. This would have probably been our only opportunity to play Who Let the Dogs Out as our oh. intro song. And we let it pass. We let it pass. Okay, that was an aside. Sorry, Whitney. Um, so where do your dogs come from? How do you get them? I mean, does someone surrender them? Do you find them just wandering around outside? How do you get them? Well, generally speaking, nationwide, um, you've got about twice the number of strays entering your municipal and county facilities. Um, versus owner surrenders. Here locally, we see about a 50-50 split. And I think a lot of that has to do with the South still being a little bit behind um, when it comes to animal care versus yeah, maybe the north Northeast parts of the country and the West Coast. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to be a little more um, progressive, a little more liberal when it comes to animals. Um, and so they're a little bit ahead of us as far as the education and community outreach program situation goes. Um, so we still do see a very high number of people surrendering animals here. Um, 
And so it's, it's about a 50-50 split. People that just, for whatever reason, don't want their animal anymore. Yeah. And then some good Samaritan found a dog wandering down the side of the road. How many dogs do you usually have? The day. <laughs> How many do you normally have at any given time? Um, if like anything else, it's seasonal. Uh, so like right now, we are smack in the middle of cat season. And I have about 70 cats wow. in the building. And then I have between 30 and 40 more in foster care at any given time. Um, and then I have an additional waiting list of anywhere between 30 and 50 cats that people have either found or don't want anymore that they're waiting to get into the program. Um, and then from the dog side of things, I currently have about just a little north of 50 dogs in the building. Um, and it's, it stays like that pretty much all year with the dogs. The cats fluctuate a lot more because of breeding season. Um, and they have a lot more litters per year than dogs do. Yeah. So I'm still a, stuck on cat lot, season. I, I didn't know it was a thing. Yes, and we do dogs, but dogs are are always in season around here. Unfortunately, it slows down a little bit in the winter time, and that's because there's you know with the weather being bad, even dogs have sense to get in out of the rain, you know, in the cold. And so when the weather's not nice, they're not out rambling around getting into shenanigans, um, so that people call us to come pick them up. And oh, okay. summertime, spring, and fall, when the weather's a little nicer, they're out, you know, being rambunctious and, you know, getting themselves into trouble. And so people call and complain about them. We go pick them up, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, and then people go on vacation in the summertime, too, and they decide that, well, I've had this dog for six or eight months, but it's inconvenient now that I have to go on vacation oh and pay goodness. to board it somewhere. Oh. So I'm just going to get rid of it. Oh. Yeah, that's tough to hear, yeah, for it sure. Is. It is. So a question about coming to a shelter to look for an animal, um, you know, maybe use the word baggage. I'm using that with air quotes. <laughs> Some people might worry about that, right. you know, what the dog has potentially lived through or experienced, um, things like that. What, what do you all disclose to a potential pet owner when they come to the shelter? Personally, our facility is extremely transparent. Um, our goal is to find permanent matches for the animals in our program, but our first obligation and responsibility is to public safety. And so we do not adopt out dogs that have shown any sort of red flags for aggression um, that we feel might be in any way, shape, or form a risk to the public in any way. And so we're extremely, extremely transparent about that. So if we have dogs that come in that are older and they have incontinence issues then we're going to tell that to the person up front. Hey, you know, you need to be aware of this. This is an ongoing issue. This dog is going to need, you know, daily medication for the rest of its life. That runs approximately $60 a month. So that needs to be something that you factor into your decision when it comes to adopting. Or if we've got a dog that is a Belgian Malinois mix, uh, we're going to tell people that come in here that live in a 600-square-foot apartment that it's probably not a really good idea <laughs> to adopt this particular dog because they're going to lose their couch and their sanity all at the same time. Um, so we try to be extremely <laughs> transparent and find the right fit for every dog. Yeah. Uh, but that's going to depend that's going to depend largely on the shelter that you're at and a a large amount of personal accountability comes into that too. Ad adopting an animal is a big responsibility and people that are interested in doing so need to make sure that they're doing their due diligence about researching not only the shelter, but if they're looking at a certain breed or if there is a mixed breed, it happens to be Husky German Shepherd mix, they need to understand that these two dogs are two of the highest drive dogs in the world and that they're gonna require a lot of mental stimulation, a lot of exercise, a lot of one-on-one -on -one training, things like yeah. that, so that they're not rushing into a decision and adopting a dog just because it's pretty. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet that happens. Yeah, I would need a dog that kind of does its own thing. And I, I don't know what breed that would be. But we'll talk about that later with you. So we know the holidays are getting close. And as they approach, you know, people start to think about adopting a dog as a gift for someone. We've all seen the images of the parents giving the kids a dog on Christmas morning. Or maybe even the boyfriend giving the girlfriend a puppy <laughs> as a symbol of their love. What are some of the things that we really need to think about before we adopt a dog as a gift? I'm going to refer you directly back to the question I just answered. I've <laughs> <laughs> uh, got to consider the the lifestyle of the person that you are buying the dog for, and then you also have to consider the dog itself. Um, and they should never, you should never, ever, ever buy a dog as a, as a surprise for another adult without checking with them first. Oh, absolutely. Because you, you have saddled them with potentially a decade and a half worth of responsibility that they did not agree to. Um, <laughs> it's one true. thing if parents buy a puppy for their children because the parents are the adults in that situation and they uh, have yeah. weighed the pros and cons and decided that that's what they want to do. Um, but if you're going to buy a gift for someone else like that that requires <laughs> that much... To live at your house, not mine. ...time and yeah. long-term financial commitment... Mm -hmm. You need to make sure that they're on the same page. You know, it's, it's one thing to, to surprise your girlfriend with a puppy if you've discussed it a couple of times over the last couple of months. <laughs> but to just go, oh, she said at Starbucks six months ago that she likes golden doodles. Let me go buy one of those. Oh, my God. And give it to her. Yeah. You that could be the end of the relationship require, with me. You know, 50 to $100 a month worth of grooming maintenance. And they require <laughs> sometimes special allergies, you know, treatment and things sure. like that. So th these are things that somebody needs to consider before they make that make that jump yeah have that discussion <laughs> so how many times if, if a family's coming to your shelter to visit with a dog do you do you recommend them coming a couple times to you know see if the pet is a good fit for their family um yes but it's not always possible unfortunately um so we are a municipality we don't hold dogs for people so if you come in and you meet klondike today and you want to go home and think about it I can't guarantee that he's still going to be here next Wednesday when you come uh, back. Gotcha. Somebody else may adopt him between now and then, um, which is why we're so transparent with people. We encourage them to get the dogs out, walk them, bring all family members that live in the household with them so that everybody can meet the dog. Um, and then they need to be real honest with us about what it is they're looking for. Are you looking for a high-energy dog? Do you want something that is a couch potato and is going to watch the Great British Bake Off with you for seven hours straight? <laughs> um, what, what, what are you looking for? Because we can find you a dog that fits that. We just need to know what that is. Whitney, do you ever have people that adopt a dog and then they discover that the dog isn't a good fit like they thought it would be or that they can't manage the demands? I don't want to use the term return policy, but <laughs> return policy? Uh, has anybody ever brought a pet back? Yes. Our recidivism rate is very low, and I, I like to think that that is because of Miss Kim, our assistant shelter director. She acts like a uh, uh, a tender profile for the dogs in her program. <laughs> I and, love it. Uh, and She's does a really good up. job of matching them with with good families. Um, so I was, I'm very proud to say that our recidivism rate is much lower than the national That's average. Good. It does happen. Yes. Um, I'm dealing with a situation right now. There's an absolutely wonderful dog named Chewy. They got adopted from us. His family is wonderful. They love each other. But the wife has 
aggressive allergies that she wasn't oh, aware of. Oh, yeah, And yeah. so they got home, and they love him, and he's sleeping in the bed with them, and a week later, she's breaking out in hives every time the dog touches her. Oh, no. Um, so that's a situation that nobody could have prepared for. We didn't know in advance it was going to be an issue. And so, you know, we have a policy where if you adopt a dog from us, we will, for the life of the dog, no questions asked, take him back if you don't want him. Oh, wow. Uh, be it a death in the family, a medical mm-hmm. emergency, a change in housing, anything that renders you unable to provide proper care for that dog, we will take it back for the lifetime of the dog without arguing with you or anything like that. Um, now, we don't do refunds because we just can't, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, because then you would have people coming in and, and doing impulse purchases going, well, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work out, I'll bring it back. Yeah, yeah. no, I no. can see that. Yeah. Um, and so we, we don't do refunds, but that's one of the reasons our adoption fee is as low as it is with all the stuff that you get with it. It's not a massive investment, but it does encourage people to think a little bit about what they're doing before they do it. Um, but yes, we will, for any reason, take a dog back for the life of the So, um, one question to kind of help us wrap up. We know that you probably appreciate volunteers. So, if somebody wanted to come volunteer at your shelter, you know, how would they go about doing that? And what are some tasks that they could help with? Um, Volunteers are amazing. We, We love our volunteers. We have some really committed ones that are here every week at the same time. For the same amount, for the same length of stay, and then I have some that we see for 45 minutes every six months. Um, we are not picky. If you would like to be involved in the program, we would love to have you. We do a volunteer orientation class the second Saturday of every month from 10 to 11 a.m. And it's just it just runs you through the basics. It's a tour of the shelter. It's a broad overview of what we do, how we do it, who we are. Um, we do of course the liability waivers and the application process and all that other stuff and then once you've been through that class you can kind of call and schedule your volunteer time when it's convenient for you Um, we're not demanding if you only want to come in here one day every three months that's fine just give a head give us a heads up we'll put you on the schedule we're glad to have you so you're not going to call and say we haven't seen you lately you know you're not gonna (laughs) you know shame me for not coming in for a while Oh, not at all. I'm going to, I'm going to, well, not with COVID anymore, but, <laughs> but you used to, it was like, man, we'll hug your neck and say thanks for being here and ask what your kids are doing. I love um, it. I love it. But we've got a lot of people that would love to be involved, yeah. but can't handle the physicality of shelter volunteering. Mm-hmm. You know, they can't walk 80 pound dogs or they can't bend down and pick up a cat and they still want to help. And so we, we do have other options available. Um, we use, it sounds weird, but we use disposable litter boxes for our cats uh, for a lot of reasons. The main one is it cuts down on the spread of disease. Um, so we have actually partnered with several like liquor stores and gas stations in town and they provide us with all of the cardboard trays that come in under their drinks when they get restocked because they were just going to throw them away anyway. And so they bag them up for us and we swing by once a week and pick them up and we use them for litter boxes. Um, and then we've got other people that... Uh, donate newspaper and that newspaper is then used to line the bottom of our puppy cages and our cat cages and we have people that come in and volunteer just to unfold newspaper just to help make our job a little easier it's one less step for us to have to make during the day if our newspaper is already unfolded for us Um, and so we do actually provide community service hours for several of the school programs and the um, juvenile court system uh, probation and parole board um, for those things as well. So if somebody needs community service hours, but they're busy working and raising their family, 
or going to school and they can't come into the shelter to get their hours, um, they can pick up newspaper and take it home and unfold it when they do have a minute and then bring it back. Or if they want to collect boxes for us, we do give hours for boxes as well. Well, there's a role for everybody, yes. and it sounds like everybody can take part in Adopt a Shelter Dog Month, even if you're not quite ready to adopt a shelter dog just yet. So, this has actually been really good information. Thank you, Whitney, yes. for sharing this, and obviously oh, your passion for the animals. Uh, we can just hear it radiating Absolutely. through the interview. So, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. And thank you, listeners. And in well, the words, my entire adult life doing it, so I hope I like it because it's not. A <laughs> <laughs> you keep rocking it, girl. Yes. And in the words of Mr. Bob Marley, I wonder if he liked dogs. I think so. I get that vibe. I do get that vibe. <laughs> but anyway, he'd want us to live the life you love and love the life you live. Take care.